Blog Talk Radio. to myths 
that are out there that sometimes we take to be gospel or to be truth. So we know categorically that Christ was not born on December 25th. Uh, we understand that, you know, the the um, originality of Christmas did not start off as a quote-unquote Christian holiday. It was a pagan day. It was um, a time of worshiping the sun god and then St. Nicholas, one of the quote-unquote patron saints in the Catholic Church, you know, did some nice things for some kids. And so all of a sudden we got, you know, this holiday with Christmas. And I'm not here to go through the history of how Christmas came into being. But what I do want to talk about, and and I'm going to tie it in just as soon as the Holy Spirit does so as I'm saying this, um, my topic today and what God has been dealing with me is overcoming obstacles. And so that is our topic today is overcoming obstacles. So you're probably wondering, well, how does that tie into um, the myths and the different things with Christmas? Well, an obstacle, um, I I took the liberty of looking it up just so that I I was correct in, in my definition of it. An obstacle is a thing that blocks one's way or prevents or hinders progress. Um, It has many different synonyms. It's called a barrier or a hurdle or a stumbling block or um, an impediment or a hindrance or a snag, um, drawback, a hitch, a handicap, a deterrent, a complication, a difficulty, a problem, um, a disadvantage, and, and, and it goes on and on and on. There, there are many um, synonyms for the word obstacle, but the bottom line is, is the fact that it blocks one way, it prevents or hinders progress, okay? So we want to keep that in mind. One of the things that is in my spirit as far as it relates to this season is, you know, I, I have seen where people are hindered by the season or by this particular holiday because of its history, um, because of the fact that, as I said, Christ really wasn't born on December 25th, and, and people will cause that to hinder them in, in their praise, hinder them in their worship in this season. Another, another obstacle for this time of year is the, the loss of a loved one or going through hard times or, or what have you, and that's an impediment. It's a hindrance. It causes one to not just not celebrate the season, but that the season would cause them to be depressed. Uh, The season caused a lot of people, unfortunately, to even be suicidal. This is a season where suicide rates are at an all-time high because people are feeling lonelier than normal, especially because during this season most people um, equate it and, and relate to it for the coming together of family. So it becomes an obstacle. The season itself for some people is a hindrance and an obstacle and a barrier and a hindrance or a hurdle that keeps them from really, really embracing the love of God. It causes them to not see the love of God right in front of them because they're so caught up in the quote-unquote things that the world has 
projected and portrayed this season and this quote-unquote holiday to represent that it stops them from appreciating the love of God, the grace of God, the favor of God that is on their lives. So that's, that's, part is how it ties into this season. The next portion is a matter of hindrances keeping you from your potential, from your excuse me, from your destiny, from your purpose. Again, we have stumbling blocks, we have barriers, we have things sometimes we feel that we cannot press past to get to the things of God. We can't, we, we get to a place where we feel fenced in and, and it's very difficult to embrace the love of God, to embrace the grace of God, to embrace the favor of God. I was watching something today. Um, there's this, I, I forget even the name of the website, but they post on Facebook all the time. I think it's good Gold Coast or something. I don't know. Anyway, they have a lot of different people, and the people are all giving motivational speeches. Most of them are at, like, graduations and stuff, and I've seen everybody, you know, from the Denzel Washingtons to the unknowns to different people giving motivational speeches. And the one that I happen to stumble across today, and I, I don't believe anything is coincidental, but this woman was giving a commencement speech and she said it had been one year and 13 days since she walked in and found her husband dead on a gym floor. And she talked about the immense grief that she experienced when this happened. It was sudden. It was, you know, just he had a, um, a heart attack, basically a massive heart attack and dropped dead at a gym. And and the devastation of it, and she's like, you know, she had to leave that place and fly home and tell her children that their father was not coming home and, and to go through and watching um, that casket lowered into the ground and, and all of the hurt and the pain that preceded that and followed that, I'm sorry, that followed that. And, um, and what she talked about, she said, in the midst of all the dark days, in the midst of all the hurt and the pain and the grief that literally, she said, almost took her out of here, she said that she talked to a friend of hers who was a, um, a psychiatrist, and he said, you have to think about two things. Number one thing is it could be worse. And her response was, have you lost your mind? How could it ever be any worse? And he said to her, he could have had that heart aneurysm driving your children someplace. And you could be talking right now about not just the loss of your husband, but the loss of your whole family. And she said instantly when he said that, even in the midst of her hurt, in the midst of her pain, she sensed such a feeling of gratitude for her children's lives because he, he touched something within her that made her stop and think, yes, it could always be worse. It, it, it was at her darkest period. She didn't think it could ever be worse, but the thought of she could have lost everybody at the same time made her appreciate the life of her children. And what she said was, was in the midst 
that was the beginning. She said that was the beginning of her healing. Now, she said, please hear me because I still have very dark days and I still suffer from very deep grief at the loss of my husband. It's just been a year. She said, but in the midst of my darkest hour, what I found was the greatest irony in my life because I found the deepest part of gratitude within me. In the midst of my darkest hour, I found the deepest part of gratitude within me. So the, the key is, and again, our topic is overcoming obstacles. How do you press past where you currently are? How do you get past that hurt? How do you get past that pain? How do you get past whatever it is that seems to be a barrier that keeps you from progressing, be it financially, be it in your career, be it in your personal life, be it in relationships, whatever you're experiencing right now, you feel that there is something before you right this moment that has hindered your progress, that has stopped you from pressing past the hurt, the pain, um, the the grief, the, the unforgiveness, the hatred, whatever it is you're experiencing, you've got to get to that place of recognizing that there is something that is before you that is hindering you, that is causing you not to be able to progress. God is a God of progression. He is always calling us to move forward, to come up higher, to get past whatever it is that is currently hindering us. And understand this, he is also a loving God that is not just saying, get over it. We, we do that. We, we as people, I know I'm, I'm guilty of that. We'll look at somebody in their deepest pain and just say, get over it. You know, just feel like, just like that, you've got to get over it. I'm going through something right this moment, even with my own son. And, and I'm understanding that he is at a place right now where I'm looking at him and I don't quite understand what he's walking through because it's not something that I would encounter and handle the way he's handling it. But I had to come to that realization that everybody handles things differently. So I'm talking to you from a place of experience, and and I'm going to let Tanya chime in here in a moment because I know she's walking through her own place of experience. But we have to recognize that everybody does not process things the same way, okay? And a lot of times we'll look at other people and say, why can't I just get past it like they are? Or we'll look at other people and say, why can't they understand what I'm going through? Why can't they have um, empathy or sympathy or at least patience with me while I'm walking through that? And a lot of times because the people surrounding you, the people in your sphere of influence cause you to shrink back even more because they are not sympathetic to your plight. So it becomes an even greater hindrance and obstacle because they don't understand. And, and, and most of the time it feels like and it seems like they're not trying to understand. So it's even a greater hindrance. Or then you may be that one that you feel like there is no one to understand. You feel all alone. All of this takes us back to that one focal point, and that is the love, the grace, the mercy, and the favor of God that is there for you. And in order to get past your hindrance, you have got 
to embrace him, just as that woman did where she had to find in the midst, in the deepest part of her grief, and her sorrow and her pain, she had to find a place of gratitude even in the midst of that. We don't always understand, half the time we don't understand, why God has called us to walk through certain things in our lives. But I I was at service this morning, and um, the apostle was ministering, and he said something so profound. He looked and one of the young men that was there, and he said the things that you had to walk through and his brother was sitting with him, he said your brother couldn't have handled it. He couldn't have walked through it. Your best friend couldn't have handled it. He couldn't have walked through it. God knew and trusted that you could walk through it. You know, it's like we never want to think. It's like, God, why would you put this on me? Because he knows his children and he knows that there is a place within you that you will get to where you'll reach out, you'll grab him, you'll grab hold to his counsel, you'll grab hold to his word, you'll grab hold to his love. And no matter how hard it may seem at that moment, you will do what Paul said to do and you will press. You will press past. I looked up the word press, and it says to move or to cause to move into a position of contact with something by exerting continuous physical force. It also says to apply pressure to something to flatten, to shape, or to smooth it, typically by ironing. It's a device as a nerve. Those are, those are the descriptions as a verb. As a noun, it is a device that applies pressure to something in order to flatten it and to shape it and to extract either juice or oil out of it. So your obstacle, your hindrance, that place that you're at right now that you don't understand and quite frankly don't want to be there is that place where God is using it as a press. It is a press to press the oil of the spirit out of you. It is also a place where you will find your strength in him that you will press that thing out of your way. And the way you do that is by pressing into him. Your strength or your weakness is made strong in him. That thing that you're walking through, that despair, that thing that's causing you the greatest grief, that thing that you feel that you could never get past is that very thing that God is using to get you into him so that you grow in him and so that you learn who he truly is. Philippians 3 and 14, Paul said, I press, I press toward the mark. What is the mark? The mark is the very presence of God. I press toward the mark. And why do I press toward the mark? It is for the pride of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We, a lot of translations don't translate that correctly. It says I press toward the mark for the pride. So what is the mark? If I'm pressing toward something, what is it that I'm pressing toward? I'm pressing toward God. I'm pressing toward knowing him in a greater way. I'm pressing to know the gratitude of who he is in my life. I, I, I look back on these past few weeks in my life, and it's just like, 
there's been one thing after another where you can say, oh, my God, I can't believe all of this is happening. Or you can say, oh, my God, thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. A few weeks ago, about three weeks ago, we were planning a trip to New York, and so my granddaughter was driving from Arizona to Las Vegas to meet my husband and I, and we were going to fly out the next night. We did fly out the next night to go to New York for my sister-in-law's wedding. On the way, my granddaughter encountered a deer, ran out in front of the car. She swerved to miss the deer, hit the soft dirt, and flipped the car. Now, when she called, it was 4 o'clock in the morning, and all I heard, she was talking to my husband, but I could hear her voice, and she started off the conversation was, I want you to know I'm okay. I just want you to know I'm okay. And, and in my mind, I quickly instantly went to, okay, nobody starts a conversation with, I want you to know I'm okay unless something happens. And then she proceeded to tell him what happened. And she's like, Pops, I promise you, I didn't even break a nail. I'm okay. So I could have been, oh, my God, how did that happen? How did she flip her car? But instead, I'm like, oh, my God, thank you because you kept her. When she got to the house, her boyfriend drove from Vegas, picked her up. She was three hours out, brought her to the house. And when she got there from this strong, you know, I'm okay, I'm okay. She's talked to everybody, I'm okay, I'm okay. But as soon as she saw me, she walked into my arms and just broke and began to weep because the realization of what had happened hit her. And then she started trying to show me pictures, and she said, I, I don't have pictures of the car when they turned it over. And I said, baby girl, you have to understand the only picture I want to see is the one standing in front of me, and that's you. We laugh, and the next night, and, and she, I mean, we're like four, three weeks later, she's, trust me, in pain because <laughs> the body has realized what had happened. But... We left the next night. We went to New York. We get to New York Sunday morning, Sunday evening. My mother-in-law is coming in on on a bus um, to attend her daughter's wedding, who is 67 years old, never been married. So this was like this real big to-do. You know, everybody, we, we had to be there to witness this, okay? That night she gets there, and she's in intense pain. By midnight, my sister-in-law is in the ER with her mom. The next day, her mother is having emergency surgery because her bowel had wrapped itself around her intestines. This woman is 88 years old, and all of a sudden, in a fight for her life in the hospital, which should have been one of the happiest times of her life. But the key is God was yet faithful. She came out of the surgery just fine. She's alive. She's well. We did not have the wedding, but all is well. But all is well. So you see, it's how you process things. And you have to get to that place of, of of processing like Job had to go through, where he could have, as his wife, was just like, you know, this is just too much. Just curse God and die. Just, you know, let's just get, get this over with. But like he said, naked I came into this world, naked I'll leave this world. But in the midst of whatever he came here with and what he's leaving with, he recognized and realized that God was yet still God. And he yet had to hold on to him through all that he was walking through. This is the place that we have to get to, to where we recognize and we understand that in all that we have to go through, in all that we encounter, with every obstacle, with every hindrance, with every setback, it's like, God, your timing is perfect. So whatever, 
Whatever it is that I'm pressing toward, I'm going to do it in you. I, I, I had this prayer, and, and it was just before, I promise you, it was just before New York, and I was just sitting and meditating on the Lord. And my word to him was, I just want to make sure I'm in your timing. I, I don't want to go before you. I don't want to miss it. Whatever your will is, let me be in that. Let me be in that. I know myself. I'm a very impatient person at times. And so I want it yesterday. I want it to happen already. I'm going, you know, why hasn't this happened? But I have to get to a place within myself to say, you know what? Uh, It's yours. If I tell you I'm yours, if I tell you everything that concerneth my life belongs to you, then whatever it is that I'm walking through, there is a testimony in the midst of this test. I know it is because I wouldn't be walking through it if it wasn't. I've got my ear keenly open and listening for the voice of God to know, do I turn left? Do I turn right? Do I stand still? Do I look up? Do I look down? What am I supposed to do right this moment? Is this the moment I speak? Because y'all know I'll speak in a heartbeat, okay? But is this the moment that I'm silent? Is this the moment that I sit gently and quietly before you? Or is this the moment that I'm up and I'm warring and I'm tearing down hell? Tell me what I need to do so that I can make sure I'm aligning myself with you. Give me the insight and the intuition to know Am I in the press right now where I am being pressed and your oil is coming out of me, or am I the press and I am pressing down on whatever it is that is trying to come against me and I'm flattening it? Is it my time to be pressed or is it my time to be the presser? Tell me where I am. Tell me what I need to do. And our overcoming obstacles, we have got to hear the voice of God like never before. And we cannot trust at all times the voice of man. There are times when God will use appointed men and women in your life to give you a word. Trust me, I I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that. But I also firmly believe that when you hear when you hear the voice of God through that person, you, you'll know it. You'll know it in your knower. You'll know it in your spirit. That was God. I hear you, Lord. I hear you, Lord. If there is a check in your spirit, when you hear what you hear, then you take it to God. God, let me put this before you. Is this you? Because I know that you will speak to me through people, but more importantly, you'll speak to me through your word. I want to verify and make sure does that that I hear is of you. Can't, I can't afford any counterfeit voices right now. I can't afford to miss the mark right now. I can't afford to allow my obstacle or my hindrance to cause me to shrink back from you. That is a press in itself. Whatever I'm going through is pressing me towards you even the more. Even the more. Remember the lady I shared with you earlier. In her greatest time of grief, she said the irony, the greatest irony of her life is she found her greatest moment of gratitude. It caused her to say, you know, I don't like what I'm walking through. I miss my husband. That was not in my plan. We were to grow old together. 
But, Father, you had a different plan. So now I have to change my course to allow myself with your plan. I've got to align myself with whatever your plan is, Lord. I, I, it does not, I, I can't wrap my mind around why it is what it is, but I know I've got to align myself with you. I started to give you a brief testimony, and then I'm going to let Tanya speak about my son. He's going through some things. He's walking through depression. He's walking through some things that I don't understand because the things that are causing and at the root of what he's walking through, I'm like, and bump that. <laughs> you know, why are you going to let that mess you up? you got to keep on. You know, I'm 46 years old. Why are you still dwelling on something that you know who this individual is? You know who and what he is capable of. Why are you dwelling on that? Let that go. See, that's me. That's my mentality. But that he, he, he's at that place. He doesn't know how to release it. We went to a counseling session because I straight told him, I said, baby, you need counseling, and mommy's not the one, not on this one. I can't help you through this one other than loving you through it because I don't understand it. My makeup, my psyche is not the same as yours, and I understand that. So we have arranged counseling. The very first counseling session we went to, we went to as a family while they did the evaluation, and he said to the woman, he said, my mother and my sister, they can let things go and press on, and I don't understand why I can't do that. That was powerful to me because he recognized, he's like, I don't understand why I can't do that. I don't understand why I hold on. So that was the first step. That was a monumental step. He understands, hey, I'm holding on and I don't know how to release. So he's in a place now to get some help, and I made sure that his counselors are people of God, that they know to take him. We prayed in that first session. They know to take him to the Father. Even in the midst of the counseling, they know where the help is going to come from. That's vital. I'm just I'm not releasing my child just to anybody to mess with his psyche. Okay. But you have to understand, dude, you gotta get to that place. If you need help, then you get help. But ultimately, ultimately at the root of that help is gonna be the grace of God. The counsel in that help is gonna be the voice of God. The way you're going to get past what you're going through is going to be the grace, the love, and the mercy of God. And sometimes it takes a lot longer than we would anticipate or even desire. But remember this, he is yet faithful. He is yet faithful. Amen. I like this. I'm going to talk for 30 minutes. It's on you. <laughs> you know, I said, I think if I never said anything and just praying with you, you could have did the whole show and I would have been satisfied. I know everything you're talking about. Now, let me, let me show you the flip side because my sister is one that can let go of things easy. Man, her daughter, my niece, is so fabulous. You can talk to her in, in the most forgiving heart that I've ever seen. And I always thought that I was forgiving. I always thought that I was. But, you know, I began to pray one day to the Father not too long ago, and I said, Father, I remember as a young child I used to cry out to you and ask you to take certain things from me because I felt like people took advantage of me, my kindness for my weakness, 
and different things because I was kind. I cared about people. I loved people. And I used to ask him to take it from me. I don't like it. I don't want it. And, you know, it's amazing how life can talk and turn you to and fro. And it will make you. That's why the, the word of God says, harden not thy heart. I'm telling you people out there yeah. for a reason. Because before you know it, you look up and you have hardened your heart. Before you know it, you look up and you're not getting like you used to. Before you know it, you looked up and you have withdrawn from people. You don't go out as much. You don't want to contact. You don't want to smile. Well, I was there several times before. I was that person that was in the closet crying, feeling like I was pulling my hair out because I didn't understand my thoughts, my actions. I couldn't understand why I thought that people should love me the way I felt like I loved them. See, there's many different perceptions Mm. in life that can take us to our limits that we know not. Now, this is what I'm getting to. As my sister was speaking to you and telling you different testimonies, that was to quicken your spirit. Now, I'm here to say to you, it is good when you get on your knees and the first thing that you have to say, and I told my nephew that once before, Father, I know not. Because, see, I'm one of those kind of people I don't like to ride in the elevator. You know, I don't like stuff like that. Planes don't bother me taking off. I don't care for planes that much. And once I went to somebody to speak to them and know what they told me, the reason why you're having a problem with those issues is because you're a control freak. You don't want to have it's something that you can't control. You don't want to be in. And I thought, what? Mm. See, a lot of times in our lives, because of things that have happened to us and bad things that have happened to us around the people that we love, we tend to not even know that we've taken over the wheel. We say, Lord, fix it. We say, Lord, you got it. But at the same time, we still mm. drive and saying, fix it. Let me drive, but I want you to fix it. Let me do it this way, but I want you to bless it. See, there's so many things that we can say, so many things that we can transform things in our lives. But I'm here to tell you, the Word of God in Romans 8 said, Who shall separate us from the love of God? No death, no height, no principalities in high places, and things you cannot see. Nothing, no evil forces, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Well, I'm here to tell you something. I used to say all the time, and I heard all my friends used to say it too when we were growing up. God, God, God know my heart. When he get ready. Well, see, what you don't know is he don't have to be ready. He stay ready. He's the beginning, the end, there are everything between, underneath, and around. All the time, he's never changed. It's us. So I'm just mm-hmm. committing to you out there to say to you, God is already standing there, right there, waiting on you. When you get ready, when you get ready, because, see, I said it again. I think I said it last time we were on the show. See, the, the word of God said the prodigal son. See, they said when he was tired, when he was ready to come home, his father met him. See, you have to get tired. Get sick and tired of being tired. Let me tell you something. I'm like that one on Christmas. I love to decorate. Oh, wow. I love the, the, the smell of Christmas. It used to be in air when I was a little girl. And I don't smell that anymore. It seems like the seasons have changed. People have gotten meaner, more hateful. Your bosses don't care if you're off or whatever. You want to be off, you can't spend time with your family. If you work in retail, you probably never see your family. Oh, no known holidays. But it's, I'm again to say this to you. See, I was that one, too. When my husband coming home one day, well, for Thanksgiving, we're doing a turnaround trip. We're coming to the back of a dark road because that's the only way we can go. 
And all of a sudden, we're singing this song by Dietrich Haddon. Lord, I need you to handle this. I was into that song. Mm. And before I too knew it, I was looking in a deer's eyes, and he was looking at me. Mm. And jumped on top of mm. my car and tore up my brand-new car. Well, let me say something to you. What I didn't know, we were still in shock. We got out. I was like, oh, wow. But my, and, and my husband looked at me because I thought, he, he thought, oh, my God. Her car, I know she goes, all I said is, I don't care. Long as we okay. When I took her to the shop, the people looked at it and said, wow, you don't realize some people have been dead in situations like this. Mm-hmm. I've seen their, car, their cars mangled like this, and they did not make it. See, I do know I see a many a deer because I live in Augusta. And now we, we stay in the, in the, in the country, like, like Thorpe Park, so they're still running wild. I can go out my neighborhood. I've seen them one day, 4, 4.30 in the morning, running across the street playing, but that could have been somebody's life. So what I'm saying to you is release it to the Father. Keep telling them I know not. Keep telling them you don't have a clue. See, what's happening to our anxieties and different things, let me tell you something. I'm on a job right now where God has surrounded me with people with so many different issues. I thought I had it. And when I say issues, it's not a bad thing. But I'm talking about panic attacks, anxiety, epilepsy, um, uh, um, mental disorders. These people are working. Not saying that they don't deserve to work. They're working because they have to work. But now he's surrounding mm-hmm. me around of what for? Now you got to ask yourself the question. I can walk around right now and tell you i got issues in my own life. Trust me, I've, y'all been on the show with me the last couple of years. You know some stuff about my daughter, some things that I've gone through. I've had deaths in my family and different things that have happened to me as well. Trust me, I just turned another year older, and at the same time, now I'm finally waking up saying, Lord, I'm feeling confused. I'm feeling mm-hmm. uncertain about a lot of things in my life right now. What is this? I'm trying to sit there and take a test for the state. I can't. Every time I say I'm going to study, I fall asleep. Every time I get up, then they call me more to work. When I get off work and I say I'm going to do this, now today I woke up not feeling good. There's so many different distractions and obstacles. But one day I said to the Lord, I don't know. He said, there's always going to be something. What you don't know is you think that you look at Beyonce and Jay-Z and all them like they ain't got problems. As a rap song, say, I got 101 problems, but money ain't one. Well, that's good for you. Because I'm going to say something to you. I don't care how rich you are. You got something going on. I don't care how rich you are. Somebody going to die in your family. And you're going to die, too. Mm. I don't think that that stopped Bill Gates from dying, did it, with the one that did Apple. I don't think that stopped him when his time came. I don't care how much millions, what you created. Who was he, sis? Steve Jobs. Jobs. Jobs, jobs, right. whatever. I apologize. Please forgive me, Jobs. But let me tell you something. I thought millions of dollars. But when his time came, his time came. See, that's mm-hmm. why you got to keep crying out. Because I'm realizing now, I'm telling the Lord, help me. Save us, Lord. Save us. There's so much stuff going on out in the world right now. There's so many things, mental illness. People are dropping dead. People are literally dropping dead. I talked to one of my coworkers. She said, yep, we're getting ready to go bury my nephew today. I said, what happened? He spent all day with his mom. He was only 50 years old. Came home and dropped dead in the kitchen of a massive heart attack. Out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. See, we say that, and I'm talking about it right now, but we still slide on thin ice and believe. No. But I'm going to tell you something. Keep repenting of your sins. Keep waking up and fighting. Keep knowing. Let me tell you something. 
I don't mind. I, I love that song about Juanita Bottom. I don't mind waiting. Keep waiting on God. Because he will see you through. What you don't know is you think he's not there right now, but he's still keeping you. You're still breathing. You still eating. You still got shelter yeah. over your head. See, there's little many things that we mm-hmm. take for granted, but we got to know something. God is still in the midst of it all. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I have struggles. Sometimes we don't understand how things whoa, look at that. Taxes are due. We're just, but God always makes a way out of no way. You don't even know. Who are you going to prompt to bless you? Who are you going to prompt to touch your soul? Mm-hmm. Period. I'm saying right now, don't let the holidays fool you. That's all it is. Holidays. Holla. There's some days coming. Because every day, and trust me, after Christmas, the bill's still going to get paid. I guarantee you, Georgia Power ain't going to say, okay, Mrs. Roberts, you know what? You're cool. I know you had Christmas. You had to get a lot of Christmas gifts. Don't worry about paying power bill this mm-hmm. month. I'll check you next month. No, the house, no bank of America ain't going to say, you know what, Mrs. Roberts, you are so right. Christmas holidays, I know you got behind or whatever. We ain't going to kick you out your house. You're going to pay us for a couple of months. We holler at you in February. No, they ain't going to say that. See, they're still looking for their money. See, I tell people, don't get caught up. It's so easy to get caught up. It's so easy to look at your neighbors and people with bowls on their cars and people riding around. You go, ooh, they got a new car for Christmas. Ooh, they got a new house for Christmas. Let me tell you something. I have never in my life seen so many people that were getting debt because they're looking at somebody else, trying to keep up with somebody else and getting debt, and they can't even afford it. Mm. Trust me. It's not even worth it. But I'll tell you something. I was talking to my sister, the one, Minister Corlett, Elder Corlett, on the phone, and I said to her, sis, I said, you going to still please try to come down for Christmas because she's in the land, I'm in Augusta. And she said, okay. I called her back and I said, you know what? I really don't want to cook a traditional meal. I don't know what it is. I'm just not eating the same. I really didn't want anything heavy. She said, I'm okay with that, sis. I said, I just want to spend time, listen to some music, laugh, talk about the good days, talk about the good times that are coming, and praise God, eat and break bread. That's what's important. And we're not even going to cook the mm-hmm. turkey or the this or the that. We're doing a little bit of this, pasta salad, chicken salad, whatever. Come on, y'all. What you don't know mm-hmm. is it's all about Loving each other, all about being around yeah. each other, all about getting over the mm. issues and the back and the pains of the past. You can't change it, no matter how hard you try. You don't even mm. know I wish I could shove all my babies back up inside of me and start it all over again, because I'm a little bit wiser now. But even if God allowed it to happen right now, guess what? If you've never been a mother, how would you know how good of a mother you would be until you become one? Mm, if you never mm. see everything is for the first time. See what you don't know is if you've never been married before you finally get married. You think all the time, I waited all this long. You think you gotta figure it out? Well you trying to say he ain't no you know he don't know how to be a husband, he's probably looking at you saying you he don't you don't know how to be a wife. If you've never done mm. anything and you're doing it for the first time, aren't you learning? There's no instructions yep. on life and how you gotta do things. But if anybody and any listening to our voice right now, we're being transparent, I'm going to tell you this. If you don't talk to somebody that's been through it before, you've seen it, they made it over, you're a fool. And circle yourself around people. Even if they've been through it, they're not trying to hold grudges. Stop hanging around people that got issues, the same issues you got. Stop hanging around people that mm. don't like people. And if it's what you know you don't like people, they angry, not you angry. They don't want nothing that you don't want nothing. I tell my 16-year-old that all the time. I say, why are you settling? 
when you've been always raised in the palace, why do you continue to roll with the pigs? Well, my mother, I say, when you get tired, I'll be waiting right here. Do you think that God really want to see you hurt? You don't think that I've lost people I might like? Let me tell you something. When I've lost the dear people that need to minister into my life, I still hurt right now. I still think about my mother, my godmother, I think about my grandmama, and I, I cry. I will hell up. I cry. Because they're wisdom and knowledge, and I didn't even, I couldn't have savored it more. But I'm here to tell you, the people that are in your life right now, savor them. Love on them. Create new memories, new ideas. That's why I told my sister, I can't wait. I miss you. I just want to see you. Because it's time to love on each other. Time to stop looking back mm-hmm. on what I coulda, shoulda, woulda did. I heard a man say, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Those are the most three sorriest words in the dictionary. Because coulda, woulda, and shoulda is the past. You can't do anything in the past. But every day God wake you up, you can allow him to speak life into you. And you speak life into yourself. And you tell yourself that you're awesome. And you tell yourself that you're beautiful. And you tell yourself that you can. And you tell yourself, no matter what, devil, you may come up against me with today. I'm still going to fight. I don't feel good today at all. But you know what I said? Okay, I'm going to sleep a little bit. God is telling me to rest. I'm going to get up. But I got to keep fighting. I got to keep pressing. Mm -hmm. I keep you cussed. And again, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep saying it. A comedian said, for the first 40 years, we kill ourselves. We try to do everything we can to kill ourselves. And when we finally become Mm -hmm. aware, we try to spend the next 40 years healing ourselves. Wake up, people. God is here. And everybody say the rapture. But don't you see people leaving now? Don't you see people gone in an instant? What do you think is happening? Mm -hmm. Go to the graveyard. You think because they've been there, been there for a while that it will never happen? Because it will. And it's it, like my sister said. You don't know what might happen. My my husband's um, niece, a uh, cousin, came off a journey. She lived by doctor. Came off a journey from Atlanta, making home safe. Came home and said, let me go to the store to go get some cornbread mix to make some cornbread. And got one up. And got killed. A man hit her head on. Mm. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a 10, 15 minutes away from her house. Father, we know not. Mm. They didn't think my mom and dad, when they finally made it to the top, went through the struggles, not having the money, being going through the sickness and the health and all the things that the marriage vow required. They didn't know that one Christmas that my dad, as a doctor, said, Ooh, let me, ah, uh, something ain't right. What's wrong? It's, it's, I, my liver feel a little bit slow. You want to go to the doctors? I'll wait tap the holidays. I don't want to dance in the spirit. My dad waited tap the holidays. Went. They came in there. My mom said right then, she said I had to go to the bathroom. Something in my stomach didn't settle. When I came back, everybody was looking at me. She said it felt like my whole world was out of control. And I was looking at everybody's eyes saying, what's wrong? And my dad said, went for a long haul. How long do I have? Get your affairs in order. Maybe a month or two. God gave my father 11 more months and took him on Thanksgiving Day. So what I'm saying is we always think, don't we? I was with my gossip to the one on the phone right now. 
We went to go visit some friends in North Carolina. Well, I was in Atlanta. She came down. We drove. We was in a restaurant, and it was so funny because I was listening to an old song, Tell Me Have You Seen Her. And I started thinking about my dad and my grandma, and all of a sudden I got a phone call from my mama and said, Are you alone? Why? Mm. What's going on? And didn't even know my grandmother had been gone for two days. My grandmother left here. So all I'm telling everybody is right now, you know not. Don't waste your moments. Yep, we may trip, but get back on track. You may fuss and cut, but get back on track. You may slip and dip, but Mm. get back on track. You may get mad, but get back on track. You may be hurt, but get back on track. I'm dealing with a young lady right now, seven and a half months pregnant, lost her baby. Then the guy that she got pregnant by said, I, don't, I, I love you, but I just don't want to be with you no more. Her car got repossessed mm-hmm. while she was in the hospital, 23 years old. Jesus. Had two jobs, and now she barely have any. The guy that she thought she was in love with, they had the baby by, now he got two jobs in the car, and she got nothing. You look at your life and you wonder. But you know what I had to tell her? Hold on, baby. My grandmama used to always say, hold on. Because as sure as my name is Tanya, it's going to turn around. And believe it when he said he'll turn it around for your good. Don't worry about the storms. Ask him to give you the equipment that it takes to endure the storms. And as grandmama and grandmama used to say, throw it on last always. We can only endure it for one night, but joy. Come up in the morning if you hold on and be mm. strong. I love you guys, and that's all I have to say to that. Glory, glory. When you said a mouthful, seriously, you know, <clears throat> we have to learn to endure, as the Word of God says, to endure um, as a good soldier, <laughs> as a good soldier. You know, um, when I hear that, that scripture, I think it's in Second Timothy, endure hardships as a good soldier so that we can please that one that called us um, to be a soldier, that basically called us into battle. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think about the military and I think about basically when you're in the military, and and there is nothing but hardships that you're going through. You're in the line of fire. You're down in the trenches. You're going through so many different phases of life where your life is critical, okay? And and the government basically tells you just to shut up and march. <laughs> That's basically it, just, you know, Keep your eyes on what I've commanded you to do. You have a commander-in-chief, and as that general tells you, your marching orders tells you um, your your strategies of war, then you follow that out. You, you just you follow that out. We have to learn. We have to learn in this um, season of growth. In the Lord, we we don't look at it like that. You know what, Tanya? When we are going through, when we have obstacles on every hand, when we have all of these hindrances and these barriers and these naysayers and people telling us what we can't accomplish, people telling us, you know, who we can't be, and they become hindrances to us. 
and even just life itself, life itself can literally become a hindrance to us because there's so many different things that we encounter in life. But we've got to get tenacious in our spirit as those that are in war, you know, and we have to recognize and understand we have the greatest military mind at our disposal, and that's God Almighty, and he will give us the strategies of war. He will give us the the strength, the counsel, all that we need to overcome, all that we are called to walk through. He will give us all of that, but we have to make up in our mind that we will listen and that we will march to his command not to our own, to his command. And then we shut up and march. We, we just, we get to that place of, Daddy, you know. I, I know, this is me, okay, and this is how I address my father in heaven. Daddy, you know me better than I know myself. You know my uprisings, you know my downsettings, you know me in and out, you know, you, as you said, you know my heart, you know my mindset, you know everything about me. You know what I'm capable of and what I'm incapable of. And in all of me and all that I am and in all that I am not, you have one thing that I can never take from you and that's your constant love for me. No matter how bad I've been, no how good I've been, that love has not fluctuated up and down, in and out. You haven't loved me through the good and hated me in the bad. Your love has been constant in my life. That is the only constant in my life is your love. So I trust in that. I trust in you, Father. I trust that whatever you say is, I trust in wherever you will lead me, I will be okay. I trust that you have me in the palm of your hand, and nothing and no one can pluck me out. I trust that you know me, so you know you knew me before creation. When you spoke me into existence, you knew the different things I would go through. You even knew I would need a Savior because I would be a sinner. You knew all of that, and you made provision for all of that. So if you could know me that well, love me that much, and yet and still cause me to be in this earth realm in this time period, i got to trust you. i got to trust that whatever I'm going through is not a surprise to you. I had to trust that you knew before it ever happened, that it was coming down the pike. You knew whether or not I could handle it or whether or not I would fold underneath it. You knew. You knew all of that. So in knowing all of that, and you still allowed it, then you obviously got me. You've got to fit the situation you know exactly the ins and outs of it, and it will be okay. I can trust you that it will be okay. 90% of the time, it's beyond my control anyway. I can't make it right. I can't roll back the hands of time. I can't alter what has happened. 
I can't do any of that. So all I can do is trust God. All you can do is trust God. I don't always like his judgment. I don't always like what his strategy is. I don't always like what I'm called to do. I'm being honest, and I'm honest with God. But whether I like it or not, whether I understand it or not, I know that he's got my back. He's got me. So my understanding is not in question. His understanding is. I just need to understand him. I just need to embrace and recognize and know that his love is true. His mercy endures forever. Not in just the good times, but in the bad times as well. He is yet merciful. In the troubling times, he is yet faithful. Through it all, he is yet consistent. Never changing, never changing, never changing his love. He didn't write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, erase it when I'm bad, and then put it back in when I get it together. So if he didn't do it for me, he didn't do it for you either. When he put your name in his book, it was sealed. Remember, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, will he not make it good? Therefore, if he said you were his child, you are his child. If he said he's got you, he's got you. If he said you're going to make it through, I don't care how dark and dismal it looks right now, you are going to make it through because he can't lie. By virtue of the fact that he said it, it is so. It's that simple. It is so. So how are you overcoming your obstacles? Plain and simple. You're going to trust God. You're going to believe him for his word's sake. You're going to believe him even when you can't see your way out. There may just be a flicker, a glimmer of hope way down there in the distance, like the what if, or just maybe, just maybe. I can survive this. If you hold on to that just maybe and you see that just maybe through the eyes of, you know what, God, you're faithful, you're true, you're just, don't understand, but I trust and I believe you to be my God. I trust and I believe you to be just who the word of God says you are. Supreme being, Lord of lords, king of all kings, creator of the heavens and the earth. You are that one that I can trust no matter what. And so I'm going to trust and I'm going to believe you. And that's how I'm going to get through. That is exactly how I'm going to get through. All right, Tanya, we're down to 60 seconds. Give your goodbyes. I just want to tell everybody out there, I pray that you ask God to allow you to let go. I ask you, I pray that in the name of Jesus, you ask God to show you the way and tell him that you know not so he can lead your direction. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we are going to touch base with you next week. I know that next Sunday night will be Christmas Eve, so 
Um, you'll probably be spending it with family or what have you, but we will be broadcasting, and I will be on my way to Augusta to see this lovely lady on the Yay! other end of this broadcast. <laughs> Lord willing. And we're going to just make it an awesome time. Again, we wish you yes. a blessed, a blessed season. No matter what has been your obstacle, no matter what the outcome of different situations in your life has been, we are praying that you will embrace each and every day. I, I shared this with somebody once. Um, that came at me about celebrating Christmas. And I said, excuse me, I celebrate the birth of Christ every single day of my life. And had he not lived, I wouldn't be alive today. So why should I make December 25th any different? <laughs> it's just like, and then we also say, sir, why every day that God different? wakes you up is a present. Right. And every yes, day God is. wakes you up is yes. a gift and a present. It's a present time. Yes, so it be is. grateful. Be grateful. Amen. Enjoy. We will be with you next week. God bless you. We love you. Love you, sis. Love you. Let's keep it real.